Welcome everyone to Top Shelf Dusters Podcast. I'm Amanda. I'm the fact checker for this crew. And tonight we are joined by Jesse. Boston lost today. Yes. Hi, Cass. The top team in the NHL played the second team in the NHL, and it was an awesome game, and the Bruins won four to nothing. They might have lost today, but that's all that matters. And with Ethan. Happy birthday to my mom. Happy birthday, mom. Amanda, what do we got going on this week? No. No. Amanda, you what do we s- got going on this week? <laughs> this week, we're going to discuss all the suspensions handed out and possible future suspensions to be handed out, some updates to recent NHL stories, our wildcard predictions, and our question of the week. But as always, let's start first with the NHL news. So the first thing we've got going on in the NHL news this week NHL news. is that it was announced that Evgeny Kuznetsov of the Washington Capitals has entered the NHLPA Player Assistance Program. Kuznetsov will be away from the team indefinitely while he receives care. Under the terms of the program, he can return to the team for practice and then games when cleared by administrators. Yeah, and this is just reiterating what we talked about last week, where it's like, these players are seemingly in like finding this program to be a good option because it seems like every week now for the past few weeks, it's been one after another one after another. So good for them. Yeah. This is the fourth player of the season uh, announced to be joining the NHLPA players assistance program. Uh, Columbus's Patrick line, Colorado, Samuel Gerard and Valerie Nachushkin. Um, so it's good to see that, as you know, we've mentioned previously that those comments from uh, that goaltender from Chicago, whose name is Scott Darling. Thank you. Scott Darling have not taken effect for these players. <laughs> Moving on from that, Buffalo's Matias Samuelson, it's been announced that he's out for the season. He's going to remiss the remainder of the season after he undergoes surgery to repair an upper body injury, though there was no indication as to what that upper body injury is. Um, He's been idle since playing in Buffalo's 4-2 loss to the Anaheim Ducks on January 23rd. The Sabres currently sit, unfortunately for Sabres fans, 7th in the Atlantic Division, 22 wins, 25 losses, and 4 overtime losses. I think that's going to be a big hit for them. I mean, they're already not doing well, right? What what, what else do they have to lose at this point? But it's unfortunate for for him to be sitting out. Yeah, it, it just seems like we've gone from this whole, like, Buffalo, this is the year. And now we're all kind of slowly starting to think, okay, we got duped again. This is not go. the year. <laughs> this is definitely not going to happen. What's their streak now for missing the playoffs? Brutal. Uh, between the Buffalo Bills rough, and the right? Buffalo Sabres, that poor city. At least they can all jump off of the, the Niagara Falls, you know? No, please don't do that. Please we do not advocate. <laughs> we do not that. advocate. Do not do I'm just saying. It's do not nearby. listen to Cassidy. He is a, he is a naughty, naughty poopy head. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to look up uh does anyone have his stats just like pulled up randomly? i'll tell you who doesn't this guy uh he has three goals 26 assists uh that's in a uh is that total it's 150 career games with the sabers he doesn't i don't have him up for this year for this year one goal six assists killing it just like the rest of the sabers <laughs> so, it, i don't know it I mean, it sucks. It's just kind of like an unnecessary blow to the team, you know? But um, because he is going down for the season, you look at, you know, some cap relief. 
Um, his contract is currently, let's see, just had it. Oh, they've put him on an LTIR already. So 4.285 million, you know, make a splash in, in the, in the trade market. We're about a month away. Kind of like they should have last year when they had the momentum, when they had the mojo. Yeah. Is yeah. Don Granado uh, the next I mean, coach to go? With that LTR, I believe they are at, of course, Cap Friendly pulls up an ad right now, but um, it was paid for something. it, cheapskate. While you're getting that, if Buffalo misses the playoffs this year, this will be their 13th straight season. There we go. <laughs> That's a rough drought. Oh, here we go. Eight million, but it's showing projected LTIR used is zero. So, um, I'm assuming that is that the eight million is not accounting for that four point two, uh, four point three. So, looking at about twelve million, maybe a little more. There are players you can get. I don't know what you go for. Maybe they could take on one of these worst forward contracts that we're going to be talking about later, and get some yeah, assets with yeah. that. <laughs> As long as they don't have that no movement. Yeah. But moving on, LA has added to their whole retooling of their coaching staff. Um, they have added former Ottawa head coach DJ Smith as an assistant coach. So um, DJ Smith obviously didn't find that much success in Ottawa, but there's something, and, and maybe if you're an LA fan, let us know because as far as I'm concerned, I don't know why you're pulling DJ Smith in. Uh, granted, I also don't know why you went about this coaching change when you did, but you don't think it was warranted? Uh, uh, no, I think it was reactionary based on, really? you know, kind of what we talked about last week with Edmonton. They did their coaching change. Obviously they found great success. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll see if that continues, but I, I, I think LA is just reacting. I don't know. It, it's in that weird place where it's like you either just make that decisive decision, move on, or let it play out, but hope it doesn't play out to a point where you can't fix it. You know, I'll disagree. I think it was the perfect time Ooh. to do it. Um, they dropped a bunch of games in a row. They had a bunch of games go to overtime. Um, I know Todd McClellan is very respected, but. They, the team that they have, they should be better than what they were doing. Obviously, but do you think Jim Hiller is the answer? I have no clue who the hell it is. So, exactly. I don't think he's the answer. <laughs> I think Craig Berube is the answer, like I said last week. But I, I love the fact that they brought in DJ Smith. He was very much loved in Ottawa. Obviously, they didn't he have was. the results that they wanted, but the players absolutely adored him. So I think it's a great move to bring him in to the fold. Because if Jim Hiller doesn't work out this year, DJ Smith could step right in. But I still would love to see them bring Craig Berube. Obviously, without knowing a lot about Jim Hiller, it's hard to answer the question. But because of your comments about DJ Smith, do you think maybe they should have just brought him in as head coach? I feel, I don't know, because it's, I feel it's really hard for a coach to come into an organization. I mean, obviously he was in Ottawa, so he saw LA twice a year, but I feel like it's very hard for a coach to come in midseason and have success with the team. Obviously, you saw that with Edmonton, so I guess I'll just bite my own words. Mm -hmm. But 
it's a totally different but that's program. The only one that we've seen. It's a totally different. It's a totally different team. Like Ottawa's filled with young kids. LA's kind of a mix. They got the Grizzly veterans and they got the young kids who are kind of making their way in the league. So it's one of those things where it's. I don't know. I think I I I like I said. I really like the move for DJ Smith, and I think it'll pay dividends in the long run. And I wouldn't be surprised at the end of the season if they're subpar that he gets the head coach and Jim Hill is axed. Okay, so that kind of alludes to a, a follow-up question, and this is all a speculative answer that anyone could give, but who do you think's really calling the shots? Rob Blake. Jim Hiller or DJ Smith? Rob Blake. That's a safe answer, Cass. That's not the right... That's not that's an option. Answer. Well, it's <laughs> like when they promoted Bruce Cassidy up from Providence to Boston. You knew Claude Julian was on his way out. Like, you knew it was just only a matter of time. And it happened, and then a week later, Bruce Cassidy was named the coach, and he went out to succeed. So the fact... So you feel like this is kind of a similar I, situation I feel like that? the fact that they didn't wait... Unless... The other the other thing I, we could be completely missing, and it just kind of clicked with me, maybe Jim Hiller knows DJ Smith, and he said, I want him to replace me for where I was. I want him on my coaching staff, and, and I'm reading this all wrong. And maybe it wasn't so much a Rob Blake decision as a Hiller decision. But I don't know if they have I any will, history, if a man can look that up. It is, I think in what you said, there's kind of the, the key part of the answer in that how fast they hired DJ Smith. Mm-hmm. There's no way yeah. Jim Hiller was just like, hey, we got to get DJ Smith. And it just happened that fast. It, it's almost like it was in the cards. It was part of the plan when they fired uh, McClellan. Cass, you mentioned the success of the Edmonton Oilers who have had, uh, you know, who have done pretty well ever since they fired their head coach. But they're the only team out of all of the teams that have done that so far this season to have that success. I mean, I think it's too early to say things for the Isles, but you look at the Wild, you look at the Blues. These these teams haven't had that that sort of success as, as the Edmonton Oilers have. So I don't really know if that's necessarily the answer to the problems that the LA Kings are having. I think they need to worry about their goaltending personally. Uh, I think that's going to be a big problem for them if they continue to move forward in the wild card spot that they're in. If they make it to the playoffs in that wild card spot, I could see a first round exit for them if they don't find a solution to their goaltending problem. So I agree with everything you say, but I'm going to play devil's advocate because Edmonton was su- shocking. Edmonton was supposed to be good, so I'm not surprised. That's true. They went off. That's true. Like everyone had the Islanders out of the playoffs. Everyone had the Blues out of the playoffs. Everyone had the the wild as a wild card or a third um third place in their division. So those teams weren't supposed to be Stanley Cup contenders like the Edmonton Oilers were. So like to me it's no surprise that I mean it's a surprise that they went on to win sixteen games in a row. But it's no surprise that Edmonton is doing as well that they are as a new coach. It's obvious that um uh Woodcroft wasn't the answer, even though he did have great success and I think over the time that he was with Edmonton I think he was like top coaches for win loss record I think he had a great record even though they didn't start off hot so I'm like I said I'm not surprised Edmonton's not um I'm not surprised Edmonton's doing well and Minnesota I'm kind of surprised New York Islanders aren't doing that well I like I was I was I thought that was gonna yeah have I, a big impact I, on I was all over him being like yes playoffs and I don't think they've done really much of anything. So, 
Oh, well. Before we move on from this, just because we talked about Edmonton, I don't know if you guys all remember, but I, we brought up a article that Pierre Lebrun wrote right after Raycroft was... Uh, Raycroft? Yeah, that's how you said yeah, Wood, uh, Woodcroft. 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 Raycroft was a goalie. Uh, Woodcroft was fired, and Pierre Lebrun wrote an article about how coaching changes are just the scapegoat for teams and you shouldn't put all the blame on the coach and it never works, blah, 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 blah. And all I can say to Pierre Lebrun is wrong. Suck it. <laughs> That's it. I mean, blatantly wrong. Would you like to elaborate on can... why you think that? I mean, you said this you said that a couple <laughs> times uh, over the last couple of weeks, uh, ever since these things have happened. Like, what is, what are your thoughts on that? Well, okay. You, you brought up the wild and they did make the coaching change. And while they're not like making a 16 game run like Edmonton, they have actually improved. They are playing hockey, not chasing penalties. And their, their mindset is very different. Um, I think they are very much a wild card threat still, uh, but we'll get to 100%. that later. 100%. Um, and St. Louis, the same. They were bottom dwellers at the start of the season, and they are in this race. Um, overall, I think all the coaching changes so far have worked. And so back to Pierre Lebrun's article in that um, it's wrong for GMs to fire coaches because of the, the roster they've put together. I, I think that's wrong because the rosters haven't really changed for those teams but they have gotten better. I can see what you mean by that. In the instance, if like San Jose decided to fire their coach, you know, that's obviously not the coach's fault. So I get what you mean by that. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. It's okay. Um, before we go, uh, Ethan, are you a American? I, I am. <laughs> what the hell are you wearing right now? I am wearing my Jamie Ben team Canada. Unacceptable. I said to him when I saw that, that that's treason. <laughs> Unacceptable. In 2014. Okay. I, I collect every possible Jamie Ben jersey I can get because so he's week, my favorite player. He is. Oh. Yeah. When I started getting into the NHL, it was his rookie year. So he's kind of been the guy I've followed. Um, but since he's not going to be playing for Team Canada, most likely, I'll be Team U.S. So it's funny that you brought up the Pierre LeBron thing because it kind of remind, reminds me of someone else from Team Canada, Team Patrice Bergeron. And, uh, a reporter around Boston, Joe Haggerty, like, I want to say it was like six years ago, it was like preaching that Patrice Bergeron was done, he was junk, he was old news, he's trash, and the guy goes on to win like three more Selkies. It was amazing. It was the, the one of the worst takes I've ever seen in my life. But getting back to your coaching thing, like, th these, like you're saying Minnesota, you're saying like St. Louis Blues, they've all done better with the coaching change. It's one of the things where if you look at their rosters, they're not bad rosters. They're not in Anaheim. They're not a Chicago. They have talent to be fighting for a wild card spot. So it's not surprising that they did a little bit better. I mean, we all had St. St. Louis. They should have. They should, yeah. They should have been. The Wild should be in the playoff hunt, like no doubt. The Blues should be right there. They're, you know, with Bitchington, they're not going to do that well. But that's only because he bought. Beat the Bruins, mother. Never mind. But um, yeah, I, I'm not surprised that they are where they are, and I'm not surprised they kind of got a little 
uh, juice in their step now either. But the fact that Edmonton went off the way they went off is just wild too, which just shows the depth on the team. The call out for Pierre LeBron is more so like release that article if San Jose fires their coach, right? Then you release that article. Reasonable. Yeah. Okay. Reasonable. But he released it. It wasn't even after Minnesota, after St. Louis. It was after Edmonton. Look at Edmonton's roster. Are they Stanley Cup caliber? Clearly, possibly. That's an oxymoron, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> so so it was just it was just a poor time to release that article. And the whole thing makes him look stupid. And honestly, his takes as of late have just been ridiculous anyways. So So I wish I had a button because I have some breaking news right now. But it's gonna pertain oh. to a beep, beep. yeah. It's gonna pertain to a subject that we're gonna talk about later on, which is a specific hit on uh, that uh, Nikita Zadorov laid. The ruling just came out, so we could oh, I well, could either we'll get to that. Yes, so leave us on a cliffhanger. <laughs> uh, Pat Maroon, though Jesse, what what's up with Pat Maroon? The goat. So Pat Maroon, since we were speaking a little bit of the Minnesota Wild, uh, is expected to be out four to six weeks after undergoing back surgery on Tuesday. The 35-year-old forward sustained an injury in the second period of a 3-2 loss to the Anaheim Ducks on January 27th. Uh, Maroon has 16 points, four goals, 12 assists, and 49 games this season. And it is his first season with Minnesota after he was acquired in in a trade with the Tampa Bay Lightning in July. We were just talking about um, the Minnesota Wild. I don't think it's going to be too big of a loss for them to lose Pat Maroon. I think he is more of a bug type of player, like, you know, get under your skin type of player. And he loves to chirp, and I love hearing the things that he could say sometimes. But I think, you know, like that team relies heavily on uh, Kirill Kaprizov and and guys like that. It sucks to lose Pat Maroon. You know, the guy's a locker room presence for sure. But I think that they can continue in the direction that they're trending in without a guy like Pat Maroon. Yeah, I think he fit the system um under the the previous coach, which was Dean Evison. Um whereas John Hines, he's going in a more hockey direction. It's not mm-hmm. about being pesky. It's not about taking penalties, getting in fights, blah 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 blah. Which Minnesota was very much about and I'm a little biased. They still are. Th- well, but not to the extent of like you send out your starters in a preseason game just because you're playing the team that eliminated you from the playoffs. Like, come on. That's and, and Pat Maroon yeah. fit that for Dean Evison. I mean, that's what he was going for. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's a big loss for them. Obviously, best wishes for for Pat Maroon, even though. He's been the bane of my existence in the last five years. Um, but yeah, has there been a more mid NHL coach than John Hines? Like, I feel like every team that he has, he hasn't done anything miraculous with. He's been subpar everywhere he's gone. I think it's been the New Jersey Devils, then the Predators, and now the Wild. Correct. Mm-hmm. And it's just been. Have you ever heard of Glenn Gullitson? I was gonna say that's something, a but no. I was gonna that's no, no. I was gonna hey. no. <laughs> but um, he's been very mid face. Just the <laughs> I was gonna say something. I was like, ah, oh, we're live right now. We can't cut this. So, um, no, it's just very like there, you know. So that's all I want to say about that. They're the Minnesota Mild. Yes, it's a everyone's, it's an appropriate everyone's coach favorite. Everyone's it's favorite a mid. Term. Shout out Jacob, uh, poor kid. Cat. Ke- 
Cass, one of your guys had surgery too, right? Yes. So um, Matthew Poitois, as they pronounce his name, um, actually had right shoulder open stabilization surgery this week, and he's projected essentially to miss the rest of the year. Uh, He's expected to miss five months. He was a young rookie who was not expected to make it out of training camp this year. And he shined in training camp, and he did very well for his first 10 games with the team. And they kept him on the roster with the Bruins. He then went um, to Team Canada for the World Juniors, I believe, after Christmas. He did okay there, and he came back, and he only played a couple games from what I remember before he was in and out of the lineup, and then this kind of came out. I didn't know he had a pre-existing injury, but at the same time, he's young. He should bounce back from it. And nothing like uh, losing some more center depth for the Bruins. Just what I want to see. I'd rather it happen now than after the trade deadline, though. But at the same time, I do not want to see the Bruins go after a crazy trade deadline pick. I would like to see them get a bottom six forward. This is a guy that no one expected to make the lineup initially, too. I think that he impressed the coaching staff in Boston and was able to make it into the lineup. And I remember watching some preseason games, and I had no idea who he was. I don't really follow the Bruins like like that, you know. But You should. Um, he he impressed me, too. And uh, No, I won't do that. And, um, you know, he impressed me. I, I did follow them today when they lost. That's that good. was a really good, good game to watch. But, um... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, he impressed me too. And, you know, I was looking him up and I was looking up uh, a little bit more about his history and stuff like that. I think he's going to be a good player for you guys, 100%. And it, what's crazy is like the injuries don't even stop there. And we're just a week out from the All-Star break. And that's, I mean, injury bug, that was a topic we've been hitting on for a long time now. But it, you almost hope that this kind of rests right after a break. But it hasn't, and now we get to hear from fact checker Amanda because one of her players are injured. Go figure that it is one of Carolina's old tenders that goes and gets injured again. Um, always, it's a revolving door. It's it's constant a song that keeps revolving around the Canes. But Antiranta got injured the last game he played. He came in in the second period for Kachekov. Brenda Moore pulled him. After Kachekov got scored on in the first period from like blue line from the blue yeah, line, it was terrible. Uh, I saw that goal. <laughs> that was that was a great one. Love it. Um, and it so he came in for the second period, went to make it looked like a save or something, and he's out with a lower body injury. Kachekov had to come back in for the third period. Everyone was kind of like, "What was going on?" Um, but it just kind of circles around back around to the lack of goalie depth that the Canes have. And that's just been a constant thing for years now. Is it career suicide for a goalie to go to Carolina at this point? If you are a goalie and you want to be injured all the time, just go to the Carolina. Hurricanes. Just get paid to sit on the IR. Just get paid. Amazing. Sit on the IR, have a really garbage save percentage because Ronta's, if if you can't get on the Montreal Canadiens payroll, that is the case. Ronta has the NHL worst save percentage this season with a .872. Yummy. <sighs> so. Jack Campbell was in the NHL earlier this year, too. 20 games. I like Ronta, former New York Ranger. Huge fan of the guy. 
but come on, they got to figure out something with their goaltending because, like I was saying to uh, to Nick earlier, um, I think they could be a really formidable team, but they just don't have the goaltending, and they haven't had it for a while. And they've got a really great defensive core. They've got a really great uh, forward. Get to get got to get that goaltending going. They got a subpar coach. With a huge nose. <laughs> have have they said anything, Amanda, about how long he's going to be out? Uh, Brenda Moore just said it'd, it'd be a while. Every, it's the rough estimate seems to be about two weeks, give or take. How awesome would it be if Rob Brenda Moore just lost his crap at a um, like a media availability, and they're like, "How do you feel about your goalies?" And he's like, "None of these mfers can stay healthy. I don't know what I'm supposed to do here." Like, someone please help me. God, send me a sign here. Do you want Ronta... To, or I'm sorry. Do you want Brindamore to get fired? Because that's how Brindamore will get fired. He'll just get fined again. And I know you do. I know you do he, want He'll him. just get fined like he always does. You know what I mean? He, he so. takes it. He's, he dishes it out. It's happened a lot to him. It, yeah. Make a trade for Olmark. Come on, Amanda. I don't want any defensemen, okay? If Don Waddell doesn't do something this upcoming trade deadline... Or goalie specifically. I think that's pretty much the end of his GM tenure. I don't get it. Like, I'm just spitballing straight out of my butt here. But, like, why wouldn't Calgary go? uh, Why wouldn't Carolina go and try and get Dustin Wolf? The kid's played in the AHL forever. He's been an all-star. I don't think Calgary's going to let him go. But or get, I think they have more of a chance of getting Markstrom than they Bladar, do. Vladar, Markstrom. They got three NHL caliber goalies there. Like, try and get mm-hmm. one take one of your draft picks and like that's the position that you need the most help on i just don't get it some like someone like that though where he's not playing nhl minutes that the team might give him up i know especially if markstrom gets traded wolf's the next guy up but i don't know someone like that where kind of like a joey decord he came out of nowhere you know what i mean he was in the he was in the hl for most of last year too i believe correct jesse Please, for the love of God, I, God, Gord, I don't need Gord. another Everett Silvertip going to a Metropolitan Division team. Is my <laughs> accent rubbing off on you right now? Um, oh, my God. <laughs> that was like Australian, bro. I don't know where the hell that came from. That, that was, was weird as hell. Oh, my God. We got one more injury to talk about, Ethan. Yeah. Yeah, one more. Let's go with another Disgusting. injured player. And it's, it's something... It, Everyone's seen. Um, if you're watching or listening to a hockey podcast, I'm sure you've heard about this. But um, Sergachev from the Tampa Bay Lightning, he was gone 17 games. First game back. Everyone's excited. Uh, Cernax coming back as well. He missed seven games. It's this big, grand day and pfft, uh, terrible hit. And we do have a video for you guys. Um, Jesse's going to get that going. Our lightning admin. And I got it going. Uh, oh, you got it going. What's his hashtag? Better call Paul? Better call Paul? Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, it's only a matter of time before Cernak goes out, too. <laughs> it's like, oh. It, it, it's, it's just un- so upsetting. <laughs> sure well, what's even fan. more upsetting is the uh, post that he posted out on Instagram, which we'll be showing here in a second. Um he he was really upset about this entire incident, and rightfully so. I mean, what he said was, why me, why now? And that's, a, that's where we're at here. After all the games missed, coming back and getting injured again feels unfair, feels terrible. So you got you to gotta feel for the guy, right? I mean, I don't really think what Alexi Lafreniere did was vicious or vindictive or anything like that. I don't think that no. it was, you know, it was just an unfortunate hit and he landed poorly. 
I don't want to show the actual slow motion incident of it because it made me feel all gross and I don't want to see it again. But um, it's just an unfortunate injury. And it ended up being that he fractured his left tibia and fibula. He ended up having to get surgery in New York after the game. And then he's on his way back to Tampa Bay. Um, they're saying that it was a clean fracture and it didn't impact any ligaments, according to the Tampa Bay Times. And uh, doctors that the Tampa Bay Times spoke with said it wasn't inconceivable that he might come back uh, in a if in the event that the Lightning made a deep run in the playoffs, so if they make it to the third round, if they make it to the final, it's possible that we might see Sergachev back. But right now, his season's done. They'll they'll have actual LTIR usage if they make it that far, <laughs> rather than a um, Kucherov situation. But it, it, what will be interesting uh, is how this impacts Tampa at the trade deadline because. That frees up a good chunk of change, 8.596 mil. You can do something with it. So, um, you know, maybe you go out. Get Jeff Skinner. Engage Jeff Skinner. That would be a good one. Ooh, that would be interesting. So, so I've never actually said this on the podcast, but I did live in Tampa for three years, and they're my secondary team. So I do follow a little bit of Tampa Bay Lightning hockey. And uh, as a secondary fan, I would not be opposed to a Jeff Skinner type thing. However, you do need to make sure your your blue line's secure. I mean, I was going to say, you wouldn't want them going after a defenseman? I don't think there's really a defenseman that's going to be out there at the trade deadline that's worth going for. Not to Chris fill. Tanev? I've no. heard that Tanev's not... They might not ship him out. That's been up in the air. Yeah, that's yeah, been up Hannafin? in the air for sure. Uh, what's who? Noah Hannafin. Hannafin. What's his contract? An NHL one. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing with the thank you, Cass. Thank you. The Cass. only thing with the Jeff Skinner thing, it won't work because he's got four. He's got three more years after this year at nine mil. So like, they would be real. They'd have to get rid of how many? How many draft kit picks are they going to give up on the Stamkos would be gone. Be making. No, I think Stamkos retires. Ethan. Uh, uh, Lightning. Oh, yes. Amanda has it. Hannafin is on his last year of his contract at $4.95 million. Ooh, okay. You do that, you get something else with the other $4 million? Kadri. You want Kadri on the full? Uh... Jonathan Huberto! <laughs> Back to Florida. Uh, Huberto's contract much more than, That'd be amazing. than $4 million. Best contract in the NHL, right, guys? Oh, yeah. We miss you, Brett. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we didn't talk about that. We'll, we'll come back to that real quick um, at the end. We do have one more piece of news before we move on, though. Um, it is Amanda's favorite Pittsburgh player signing. Is it Amanda's favorite player? Oh, yeah. Yesi, Yesi Pularavi. Is that right? On, Did I, put, I say I it even, right, Jesse? I, I even put it in the chat. Whole party. I'm looking at it. Yesi Pularvi. 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 You know what? There you go. Read the name. It's not it's not like something everyone pronounces. Amanda, Anyways, can you Pittsburgh pronounce it, please? <laughs> Yesi pool party. There we go. There Love you go. go. That's exactly how you say it. <laughs> Pittsburgh has signed Jesse Pool Party to a two year deal, uh eight hundred thousand dollar per year. Kind of contract, and uh, 
I mean, does anyone have something specific to say about it? I think this guy has been an utter disappointment. I mean, he it's unfortunate for him. He didn't he did not work out in Edmonton. He was abysmal in Carolina. Um, he was the number four pick from the Oilers in 2016. And he just hasn't shaped up to be what people were expecting him to be. Um, I don't know how he's going to do in Pittsburgh. He's only played a couple games. He's plus two. He's 10 minutes, 23 seconds average time on ice. No goals, no assists. I am hopeful that he'll be good in Pittsburgh because I would like to see him succeed, but I don't, I don't really think anything's going to happen with him there. I think I think the other big thing to keep in mind, too, is he's a young kid. He's only 25. Uh, last summer had double hip surgery as well, uh, which is a huge thing to have to come back from, especially at such a young age. That is rough. Um, so, like, some pre-existing injuries, uh, like you said, like, didn't work out in Carolina. He's a big guy. He's 6'3", 200 pounds. You're expecting body, like, from him. And it's... Just doesn't play with what he has. When he tries, he gets injured. Yeah. Let's play the game of how bad did Edmonton screw this up? Jesse Pugliarvi was drafted. Yes, I nailed that name. Yes. Was drafted yeah, you really did. fourth <laughs> overall. Here are some of the players who were drafted after him. Matty Kachuk, Clayton Keller, Sergachev, Charlie McAvoy, Paige Thompson, um, Jordan Cairo. Alex Dabrinkit. Those are just a couple. Just a name. Adam Fox. Yeah, wild. Well, I just I take Adam Fox. Crazy. I don't think Adam Fox wanted to play anywhere but New yeah, York. Yeah, I don't think so either. That's why he gets booed in, what is it, Ottawa? Calgary. Is it Ottawa or Calgary? Calgary. Calgary. He, was a, he was also a Carolina Hurricane for a short time, correct, Amanda? Do you have his jersey? No? That's right. He didn't play a game I don't there. think he played He didn't game. either. He, didn't, he demanded no. a trade out of there. Nope. But yeah, rightfully so. He's like, I want out of this crappy metropolitan division team. Imagine if send me to the Rangers. If Edmonton had Matty Kachuk or Charlie McAvoy, huh? Oh my gosh, gosh. You know, but here, here's what I will say about Mister Pool Party. Um, he he has a lot to prove. Uh, but if you're a Pittsburgh fan. Best news I can come up with as of right now before we see what he ends up doing with his career is that uh, your average age went down. So that's good. Shout out, Tyson. You know who else has a lot to prove <laughs> this year who isn't really doing it as I pull up his stats? Oh, actually, he's doing pretty good. Jonathan Druin had signed the same kind of contract. Yeah. But 51 games, he has 10 goals. Where's he at now? In Colorado. Colorado. Remember, he was Nate, Colorado, Nate McKinnon's right, boy in so. uh, Canada. In the Canadian League. But uh, 51 games played, 10 goals, 20 assists, for 30 points. You know, he's a forward, right? So Correct. it's a little bit different. But um, he's also a player that's one of those guys who's bounced around and needs to just kind of find themselves and find their game. Another high pick. He was third overall. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. By Tampa. And it bit Tampa hard. No, it didn't. They got uh, Sergachev out of it, right? <laughs> I think that worked From out Montreal. great. Yeah. I think yeah, that was a steal and a half. Well, <laughs> I mean, his leg hasn't yeah. held up recently. Yeah, but, but you know. he's part of that. That blue line is no joke. Like Cernak's a really good player. Sergachev's a good player. They got Hedman. They used to have McDonough. 
So, yeah. Um, moving anyways, on. moving on. But bef- before we do um, this next segment, we're going to talk about some suspensions. And we've got a lot of, and by a lot, I mean two videos. Uh, but before we do, we want to say we miss Brett. He's not here this week, uh, but he'll be back soon. Baby, so, come back. Baby, come you back. You can blame it all on me. And also, really quick, uh, if you are watching this later and want to hear it on audio form, we do have a podcast channel wherever you listen to podcasts. We are Top Shelf Dusters. And if you ever want us to talk about topics or questions you may have that you want us to answer, send us an email, topshelfdusters at gmail.com, or find us on Facebook or Instagram, Top Shelf Dusters. Movie. Twitter too, Twitter too. Don't forget about oh, Twitter yeah. too. Twitter, but it's not Twitter. It is X, uh, and it, it, that's also at Top Shelf. So the only X I know is DMX. <laughs> Please, before we move, How dare before you? we move on to suspensions, I'm going to do a quick Florida Panthers minute in honor of Brett. Um, Paul Maurice has now has 850 NHL wins. He's the fifth uh, in all-time wins by a head coach in NHL history. So kudos to him. Congrats. We thought he was Mr. Mr. Paul Morris. We thought his career was dead after Winnipeg and we've all been proven wrong. By we I mean Here me. He said he said I'm out. My he had enough. I'm going to, I'm going to <laughs> the beach. Both teams are I'm both done. teams are better for that. I'm done with this snowy hell. I'm going to the beach. Peace. That was Paul <laughs> Maurice. Probably. Probably. Um the first suspension though, Brendan Dillon. Former star, former shark, former no, I think that's it. Star Poor Shark, guy. now a jet. There you go. Anyway, let's, so sorry. What, let's yeah, describe so what he, happened. Um, he, he got... Uh, he was ejected. He got a match. and um, Rightfully so, too. It just it, This goes back to what we've been talking about with these dirty hits that are unnecessary. He's a big guy. You see the guy coming down. and uh, I, What I think it is part of what played into this was him going towards the boards. And when you're trying to slow up real fast, a lot of things can happen. And he wasn't, I don't know that he's trying to do this. Bull crap. I think it's a very dirty hit, but I don't think he's aiming for his head. That's a horrible hit. Rhode Island native, Noel Achari. I don't think he was aiming for his head, but I mean, this is a slow motion view of it too. This guy was Achari was going in really fast, but that was a really nasty hit, and I think he got what he deserved. Absolutely, he was suspended for three games, I believe. I even would have said five, like Gallagher. I was gonna say that. I think I even mentioned that's up there for Gallagher, without a doubt, because it's kind of similar to the Gallagher hit. But Gallagher's showed a lot more intent, and I think that's the difference in the two games. I don't think no. there were there was any restraint in this hit at all. What at exactly all. what they're trying to get <sighs> out of the game? And poor Noel Achari, they show him from behind, and he's missing a puff of hair in the back of his head. That's a bad look too. I did Oof. I did notice Oof. that too, but I think that's genetics. That has nothing you're, to do with this. You some of your money and fix that, buddy. Even though you played at PC and won a national championship, I have a picture of him somewhere in here. Uh, but, but yes, he he was suspended, and um. You know, I, I don't think it was a bad hit. Well deserved. One hundred percent. Was there an injury update? I didn't see one. Oh my god! Can we can we get rid um, of this video? Ugh. 
for I'm sure. I'm sure Amanda <laughs> will find it. But while while she looks that up, Cass, give us this breaking news about Zadorov. Well, Alan already ruined it in our comments. Thanks, Thanks Alan. Alan. <laughs> uh, Nikita Zadorov has been suspended two games for. Um, he had a hearing today. I'm not sure. Um, can we pull up that video? We can talk about that while I try and bull crap my way through it so I can see who he hit, please. And thank you. <laughs> it was Lucas Raymond. Yes, it was Lucas Raymond on the Detroit Red Wings. 200 points for Jesse, and the points don't matter. Hashtag whose line is it anyway? Great show. Um, oh, real quick, while this plays, yeah. uh, Amanda, what's your what's the injury update? Um, just that he was diagnosed with a concussion, and the only thing that has been said is that he wouldn't join the Penguins' upcoming two-game road trip. So that is. Are you the able to see latest. if that's his first concussion? I can check. I feel like he might have had some concussion history with the Bruins. I could be wrong. He's kind of bounced around a little bit since he left the Bruins. He was on Florida. He was on Toronto. And I think he went to one other team before he went to Pittsburgh. I could be wrong, though. I'm going to look up real quick. Raymond. I don't think Raymond had any bad injury from that Zadorov hit. So I think... Oh, with the video, we lost it. Anyway, uh, I think that's right in line for what that hit deserves. I don't think it was over the Two top. Games. Yeah, I mean... I... Uh, then again, when you see the Dylan hit and he only got three, I'd say one. <laughs> it's all relative, you know yeah. what I mean? Like to me, the Dylan hits right up there with the Gallagher hit. Um, and this is at a lower tier, in my mind. Yes, Amanda. This is his first official concussion. He has a bunch of like upper body and undisclosed injuries in his history so not to say that one of those couldn't be a, con- a concussion but this is his first like official labeled one does that change anything for you Cass <laughs> for the number of games that Dylan got or the fact that he doesn't have yeah. any hair oh um it doesn't change anything I think leave the poor man's hair alone he's not very poor <laughs> he's made millions of dollars Jesse I'm poor <laughs> leave the man's hair alone Oh, is this a, is this t- a touchy Ridiculous. subject for you? No. I don't oh, okay. Know. Okay. <laughs> um. No, I I think five. Games, I'd be bald if I was. I'd, I'd say four or five. I think three is too little for this. I think you know what most NHL fans would agree on is that we wish we could see these suspensions that are handed out be a lot more consistent, so that they're even more predictable. That doesn't hurt the game to make those suspensions more predictable. It just means you're following the same criteria for everything. Um, And I wish they just gave more detail as to why they came up with the result they did. And they never seem to do that. So here's a random thought. They put out videos every time, don't they? Yes, they they do. No, but I mean like the criteria they look at and why, like a detailed reason, why did Dylan get three games, not five games? Or... I see. What led them to that decision? Do you think George Paris goes, oh, Winnipeg's a great team in the NHL. They're playoff contenders. We're only going to suspend him for three while Gallagher's on the crappy Montreal Canadiens. No one will miss him for five games. Is that a possibility? It's possible that that any of that is possible when there's a human element involved. I mean, you got to take into consideration that the Canadian, that a Canadian team hasn't made it, hasn't performed this well. Uh, uh, I don't even know where I'm going. I don't either. I, I, it's possible. 
It's the possible. the other thing that's kind of wonky to me is George Paris played in the NHL. You can't tell me there's not certain teams he doesn't like, and you can't tell me he can 100% take emotions out of that when he's making certain decisions. Because he is the judge, jury, and executioner, right? There's no committee. It's it's him and him alone, correct? I don't know how that works, honestly. Is is there not a committee? Amanda! Yeah. <laughs> um, are you able to find out if George Paros is judge, jury, and ed- executioner, or if he has some kind of committee he discusses suspensions with? Please and thank you. Please and thank you. While she looks that up, yes. do you want to talk about Grizzlick? Yeah. Because so, uh, this just happened today. This is, in my mind, this is one of the worst penalties you can do as a man and as a hockey player. He speared Max Pacioretty um, in the Nanas earlier today while the Bruins lost, as Jesse will probably point out again during my monologue. Um, I believe he got. I don't understand why. I believe he got five in a game. Oh, here's the play right here. I haven't seen it. What are you doing here? The only thing I can think of is maybe he's going for his stick and not his hockey stick. I don't know. <sighs> like, it's not a good play. I'm glad. I'm glad the ref. Yeah, that was rough. I'm, gl- I'm glad the refs caught it. I don't know if that's worth the game. I, I, it's kind of messed up to say. I could see it being a suspension because he can claim it was unintentional, even though it doesn't look it. It's. I think he was it's try- a very Corey Perry esque move. I feel like he might have been trying to hook around his hip, and he missed him. Misjudged. <laughs> yeah, and got his. Uh, yeah, so. It's just it's just adding a salt to the wound because it's Max Pacioretty, a guy who has clearly had issues staying healthy for consistent seasons. Salt to uh, the wound is Al Jovechkin scoring another empty netter uh, to ice the game. Well, okay, <laughs> you're upset because your team lost, but he scored four games of, in a row. Think is of he all back? Of us Pacioretty is he owners. back? Is Al Jovechkin <laughs> back? He scored four games in a row. That is the question of the night. He's uh, not back. I think it's too soon. We'll see. Anyway. <laughs> what do you guys think? Do you guys think it's a suspension, or you think it's a fine, or how do you feel about this? Do you think five in, a, in the rest of the game uh, is enough? I think that was I think he'll be fine for this. No, I don't think he'll I don't be either. I think it's just a maximum fine allowed by the NHL, CBA, uh, whatever it is. Yada, 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 yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but... Now we'll go on to our updates from some previous stories we've talked about. And of course, we've got to start with the 2018 Team Canada stuff. And not a lot that we're going into here. Um, Simply that the NHL did apply the cap relief for the Flyers, Devils, and Flames due to those players um, facing the charges they are. So, you know, I think good on the NHL. It seems like they are going to take the stance that these players are done playing for right now. And I think that's the wise move. That is the wise move to make for all of them that are involved. Yeah. And I think somebody had asked me, uh, Cass, maybe it was you, if they were going to play in the, uh, the four nations tournament. Did you mention that? Last yeah. Week? We, we talked, we asked about that last week. No, Absolutely not. No, because they're suspended from the Absolutely NHL right not. now. They're a leave of absence from the NHL. They're not suspended. It's a leave of absence from the NHL, correct? For those players. Yes, but that's for not this suspended. season. Yes, and I, then I, it sorry, comes into word. play like they they don't get contracts necessarily. They're not gonna have contracts. Yeah. 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 
Um, so, speaking yeah, about I mean, the Four David. Nation tourney, um, <laughs> David Posternock had a couple choice words. Uh, he said that... And we kind of predicted this. Yes. We, we yes. kind of predicted yeah. this. Um, he said that guys from countries excluded from 2025 uh, NHL Four Nations tournaments are sad and pissed. Kind of like I am today after the Bruins lost. Um, <laughs> but he understands the quick turnaround makes a larger tournament more challenging. He's looking forward to the Olympics and World Cups, obviously. My takes, so I might have even heard this on another podcast, and I might be stealing this thought, but I wonder if the NHL didn't go more than four teams because they don't know what the hell to do about Russia. Like, I think Germany could ice a team. I think Czechia could ice a team. I think there's a couple other countries that could ice a team and have a competitive game against some of these powerhouses. But the fact that Russia is ranked third in the, the world right now and they're staying away with that from that with a ten foot pole, I wonder if that's the reason why they didn't expand it. Do do the players that are going to be on these teams have to be playing in the NHL? Yes, it's league? an NHL event, so I would assume so. How many Chechen players are there? A decent 13 amount. forwards, thirteen forwards, three defensemen, seven goalies who would fit into the criteria. They have to have a contract for the 2024-2025 season, and they have to be on an NHL roster by December 2nd of 2024. So they would not have enough. How many Chechnyan nationals are there? Do we have a list of that? Of what? Is there enough Is there enough people from Chechnya to fill that roster? Currently, no. No, there's not. I don't there's, think there is. So they need 23 players, and there's only 13 forwards, which would field it fine. Only three defensemen, though, and then seven goalies. So, Amanda, when you say there's only three defensemen, is, are there defensemen in the NHL right now, but they don't have a contract for next year? Or is that... Exactly. So they, they could have six defensemen, but three of them aren't signed for next year. Exactly. As of right now, so, these are the ones that have a contract uh, for next season. That sucks. I see. I understand why Pasternak is upset. I mean, he's he's one of the superstars of the NHL. So he's somebody who's who's a goal scorer, and he wants to play in that tournament. It makes sense. I'd be upset too. It's thirteen forwards. Is that yes. right? Okay. So I'm gonna read down this list just of points, and this is what your your Czech team would look like: Pasternak, Hurdle, Palat, Zaka, Nekis, Vrana. Ornick, I think. Uh, yeah. Foxa, Gudis. Nope, Gudis is a defenseman. Uh, Kubelik, Chittle. Cheadle. Yep. Cheadle, who is Cheadle. not playing currently. Cheadle, Kampf. Have we Cheadle. hit 13? No, because you, you, you also said Heronix, who's a And Heedle is, is not playing currently due to concussions. Right. So, and I don't, and I've, I don't think he's going to come back, honestly. I don't know. We'll see. I hope. He will, but then you got uh, Ruda Zadina Zorn. I've never heard of him. You got Jacob Loco, and um... yeah. So, so you get what I'm I'm getting at here. You know, even the, the check going to be good. It, yeah, and it's and I do think the timing is a big Ronan. thing. Um, they're obviously going to be taking off for the Olympics, right? So. The Olympics back in 2014, which was the last time NHL players participated, um, the last NHL game ended on February 8th. 
And then the Olympics started, I believe it was February 13th, and then ended on the 23rd, and NHL resumed on the 25th. So it's almost a whole month that the NHL takes off for the Olympics. That's a big deal. You can't do that two years in a row. So four teams, you can do that easily in a week or two. And that is a big. Part. It makes sense. I wish. Yeah. I don't know. Sense. Maybe I'm just stubborn. I wish they had like a, a another couple teams, like maybe like a team made up of a couple different countries, like a Germany, Czech, and you know one or two other nations that would make up a team. Because like Germany has Dreisaitl, Stutzel, Cider, you know Grubauer, and that's about it. But still, yeah. Um, it, but you know, then so you, you want them they, to lose with Grubauer and goal? They what? <laughs> You want them to lose with Grubauer compared goal? to Mrazic or uh, who was the other one? Mrazic or <laughs> sorry, Gruby, I love David you. Riddick or <laughs> Bamelka or Vladar or Vitek Vanacek. Vanacek, yes. yes. Oh. <laughs> and and Pasternak did yeah. suggest doing a Team Europe instead. Yeah, I would probably go. Uh, but then Dostal. you're getting back into what was that called? That was awesome. The World Cup. Oh yeah, that's right. They had the um, North no, American I, team, which was phenomenal too. See, I think then you just do it like that rather than have U.S., Canada, and as far as like these other nations, you're going to get your chance the year after. So make a statement, you know, win the gold medal. If you're the Czech Republic, win the gold medal. They won't. Then we've got some more news for Four Nations. Jesse, you want to take that one? Yeah, so Minnesota Wild general manager and three-time U.S. Olympian Bill Guerin will be responsible for overseeing the building of the United States teams competing in NHL's Four Nations face-off tournament next year. And he's also going to be uh, putting together the team for the 2026 Winter Games US hockey, USA Hockey announced on Thursday. That's pretty awesome for him. Uh, this is a carryover excuse me, from three years ago when he was tabbed as the U.S. Olympic team general manager before having to relinquish the role after the NHL decided against competing due to COVID-19. So this is just allowing him to take control of the team that he was supposed to be taking control of a few years ago prior to the NHL's uh, decision to not go into the Olympics a couple of years ago. Do you think they should have let him do the Four Nations tournament and then decide? If he should do the world or the Winter Olympics, timeline's too tight in my mind, and it's probably going to be pretty yeah. close to the same roster anyway. You know, it's only twelve months difference. So maybe they'll yeah. replace Otter with yeah. Swayman, but that besides that, there's not going to be no changes. No, no, no. That's true. Swayman will already be on the <laughs> team. Good point. I think. I don't know. I think they both get it. Honestly, I don't know. I think if, if they they can have three, like goals, who's it going right? to be? Hellebuck and them two. Who else is? Yeah. Now we're going to look. It. You said Hellebuck, Ottinger, and Swayman? Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. I, that would be unstoppable. <laughs> well, it's I not going to so be anyway. quick. It's not going to be Gibson. Oh, Demko. It deserves to be quick. Oh, Demko. Demko is going to throw a whole record. It does not it. deserve to be quick. <laughs> Are you talking about L.A. Kings Stanley Cup champion Jonathan Quick? New York Rangers 2023-24 <laughs> goal, backup goaltender Jonathan Quick. Sir, 
<laughs> what a sell. He should probably be he should probably sell. be starting seeing how Igor's been playing with. Igor finally won a game. All right. <laughs> I said finally. Uh, I was gonna yeah. say finally. He's finally won a game. But anyway, moving on from that, it was finally announced. Finally. This is another hard sell. This is brutal. That the we'll just go to the video. On behalf of the Chicago Blackhawks, um, you know, we're we're very excited to Announced that we'll be hosting the 2025 NHL Winter Classic versus the uh, St. Louis Blues here at Wrigley Field. So uh, we're all pretty pumped. Gosh, I, it's like they're, they're, they are pimping him out. Pimping him out hard. Of course they are. Of course they are. It's Connor Bernard. Why wouldn't they? But it, So next season, the Chicago Blackhawks will play the St. Louis Blues in Wrigley Field, home of the Chicago Cubs. I had to look that up. I'm not a I was going to say Bears for some reason. I'm not, a, I'm not a badminton fan. But um what <laughs> Sam This is what they this is the 7th time the Chicago Blackhawks have been featured in an outdoor game, first since the 2019 Winter Classic, and they have an abysmal record of 1-5 and 0 in outdoor games. So I'm hoping that this is going to be 1-6 and 0 and with the roster that they have currently, it is most likely going to be another loss for the Chicago Blackhawks in an outdoor game. And I believe if I remember correctly from uh, our Winter Classic episode that Boston and Chicago were the two teams tied for most appearances and this will now break the tie. So now Boston has to have another one. Is what I'm hearing. No, they don't. No, no more Chicago or Boston. <laughs> back and forth. Back and forth. <laughs> and that, or put them up against each other. So think about this. Imagine if Chicago and or, well, not and, but or St. Louis Blues get Macklin Celebrini. Let's take a minute to talk about him. I actually saw him play last night. The kid is a stud. Did you hear his F-bomb? I Amazing. did, I did. That was hilarious. Amazing. But <laughs> I loved it. He, on on live TV. Good job, Matt. So both him and Lane Hudson, who's a prospect for Montreal Canadiens, they were phenomenal last night. Uh BU won seven to one against Merrimack. Merrimack isn't that good, but Celebrini was phenomenal last night. The kid is gonna be a bona fide NHLer. And I, if he gets imagine if it's like Bedard Celebrini, like a one two, that'd be nuts. So I think do not give the Blackhawks another number one overall well, pick. Oh my god! Um, no, but they'll they'll screw the pooch on it. Don't worry. Well, I'm pretty sure with the new draft rules, they can't jump up to one again because they jumped up last year. They weren't supposed to be the number one overall pick last year. So I think if you jump the line once, you can't jump the line again for a couple of years. Amanda, are you able to stat check that for me? Because I could be totally making that up. But unless they finish with the worst record this year, they can't jump up anymore. That seems actually unfair. No, but what about? Oh, you said new rules. It's new. It's I only was a couple say years. Sabres. Look at Edmonton. <laughs> yeah. Are you saying? Are you saying uh, last in the league overall? If you do not finish with the worst, if you do not finish the year with the best lottery odds, and you jump the line once, I don't think you can jump the line again for a couple of years. But do you know who's well, currently? Currently, <laughs> currently they are I know. Last. I'm just saying. So you know, they do have tank, baby tank. <laughs> I mean, it's it's neck and neck with the San Jose Sharks. So Anaheim's right there too, correct? They're two points. Uh, Thirty-eight. Anaheim is 
Anaheim is 30th. They have 38 points. San Jose has 33. Chicago has 31. So It's a tight race at the bottom. So while, I mean, do you have that answer by any chance? So the, the best I can find so far is teams cannot win the lottery more than twice in a five-year span. So, so they so have they the possibility do to do it. Okay, so I was wrong. Oh, my goodness. Imagine that. That would be hilarious. You heard it here first. Yes, right. This is February 10th, 2024. Chicago Blackhawks will get the first round or the first overall pick in Again. the 2024 draft. Another seven. You heard it here. NHL cities will riot. <laughs> um, okay. While we're talking about teams sucking, let's uh, move into our next subject. We're going to kind of talk about uh, what teams we think will win a wild card spot and which ones will barely miss. And we'll start. The suckiest of the best teams. Yes. And we'll start with the suckiest league out there, uh, the suckiest conference. We'll go with the Western Conference first. The Eat? Oh. No. Nope. Sorry. Beat you, you said to the suckiest. punch. I was just. Yes. yes. Um, I think we can all agree. You tried. Chicago. San Jose and Anaheim are not having a miraculous comeback like the St. Louis Blues did in 2019. No. Um, I, I agree. I can also say with uh, significant confidence that I don't think Seattle, Minnesota, or Arizona are going to make a <laughs> move either. Minnesota could. They could make a hard climb. And I could lose 50 pounds too, but it ain't going to happen. Oh. <laughs> Um, well, well, okay. Let me let me ask because where you're going to end up here is, is Calgary. Do you really whoa, think Calgary's got a better a shot at riding this, riding this to the end than Minnesota? Absolutely not, because Calgary's going to be a fire sale at the playoffs. So at the trade deadline, yes, trade, trade deadline, deadline. Sorry, they already have their fire. And, sale and you also playoffs. have to consider teams that they play. Yeah, right. So so Calgary's going to play, you know, some hot teams. So like, so that leaves the wild the wild card right now as it sits. L.A. Kings have the first wild card spot. St. Louis Blues have the second wild card spot. A point behind new coach. Yes, St. Louis Blues. A point behind them are the Calgary Flames, and then a point behind them are the Nashville Predators. Me myself, personally, I could see the Kings and the Nashville Predators getting those wild. Cards. Really, Nashville? I huh? don't see. I'm changing. I'm changing jerseys. Hold on. <laughs> As long as there's nothing underneath that one. Um, well, the central one, two, three is Dallas, Colorado, and Winnipeg. They aren't moving. The three in the Pacific are Vancouver, Vegas, and Edmonton. I don't think they're moving. I think LA is going to stay in that wild card spot. You know this what I mean? Is the, this is the pinnacle point here, though. Does LA rebound or do they keep falling? Because there's a good chance LA is not actually one of those two teams. Maybe, but they're holding a wild card spot with two games in hand. You know what I mean? Over everyone else. That's not much. They, they have four games in hand over Calgary. <laughs> they have three games I, in hand over I'm Nashville. All I'm saying is so. this, this big bet on changing coach, you better hope it works. Because if it you're, doesn't... You're right. you're right that it's not much, but there are, there are all of the teams that are below them they have more games in hand out of all of the teams that are below them. So it's if they are able to win those games, I think that they can hold on. Yeah, it's one of those things where they're supposed to be a good team, where most of those teams underneath them are not supposed to be a good teams. So by it's also going to come down to like does Cal does Calgary sell like Cass you mentioned? They already started. They're gonna <laughs> we they have, but with them being this close, 
you've got a month. Let's say they go on a little bit of a streak and just not an Edmonton Oilers streak, but what if you go on a... Jesse taking off his jersey streak? Yeah. Down the quad and into the gymnasium. Like a seven-game win streak, right? That, That puts you up there. Do you all of a sudden stop selling as hard as you would have? No. I don't know. I don't think they're going to be Canada buying. the teams are hungry. Yeah, and look at the competition uh, that they have. They're never going to go anywhere in that that uh, conference. Read the writing on the wall and move on. All I know is that if Andre Kuzmenko keeps scoring goals, then they have... How many does he have? I know he had one um, the first game he played. I think he's got two in the in both games and played. And so does... Uh, well, I'm sorry. Two in two games played. Interesting. Because Lindholm okay, had so two Cass- and one. I know that. I don't know if he scored after that. but Well, no, he didn't because the Bruins Cass- shut him off for nothing in the second game. Like, go Your ahead. Your wild card one and two, you, you said L.A. and Nashville? Yes. Okay, I'm going to go with... Um, ooh. I'm writing this down. I'm going to go with... I'm, I'm going to go... Gosh dang it. Jesse, do you have your answer? Whoa, <laughs> I'm going to go whoa. with L.A. and St. Louis. I think St. Louis is going to stick to uh, stick in that second wild card. I don't think anybody below them can catch them. If uh, Seattle's going to have to get a kick in their ass if they want to try and, and make that second wild card spot. But, I mean. They're dependent on L.A. crashing. They are. They didn't look bad tonight, but they still lost in regulation. So, I mean. They're not, if they're not getting any points, then they're not going anywhere. So, sorry. All right. I'm going to go. Oh, my gosh. I hate that I'm going to go this. Dallas. It, I'm going St. Louis and Calgary. Amanda. He said that so begrudgingly. Yes. <laughs> what do you think? I have the Kings and the Flames for the West. That's two for Flames. Gosh. I think Ethan's crazy. I can't believe I'm saying that. Gosh. I hope not. God, I hope not. <laughs> We're going to move on to You'll the... You'll be out 20 bucks. Yeah, baby. Take this jersey off. Anyway, um, <laughs> we'll talk about the best, the East. Bottom dwellers, as ex- not as expected. Obviously, we all knew Columbus Blue Jackets were going to suck. The only reason why they suck is because they do not have Mike Babcock. Psych. After that, you have the teams that you thought were going to be fighting for the playoff spot. In the Ottawa Senators and the Buffalo Sabres. Um, Shoulda, woulda, coulda with those teams. Next, Montreal, Washington, which I don't think they're going to move too much. We, we saw Washington have a nice beginning of the season, and all they've done is sink since then. Then we got, as uh, Jesse's favorite word, the geriatric Pittsburgh Penguins. Geriatric Penguins. <laughs> Although a Shout little less now. Because of Mr. Poolman. Yes, sir. By like 0. 0.5 years. <laughs> they still suck. Sure. <laughs> They're not going anywhere. They might be sellers. You might see Gensel going somewhere else. I think he's going to. Where do you think yeah. he's going? I don't know. I, okay, I good talk. I haven't put any, um, any thought into that. Sorry, but I do think. Not he's a contender, okay. I'd guess. So, the, as right now, your first wild card spot is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Your second wild card spot are the Detroit Red Wow, Detroit Red Wings. Red Wings, wings. the Red yeah. Rings. Um, and then right below them are the New York Islanders and the New Jersey Devils. So Toronto and Detroit both have sixty points. 
The New York Islanders have 56, and the New Jersey Devils have 50, uh, 54. Uh, top three in the Atlantic are Boston, Florida, and Tampa Bay. Top three in the Metropolitan are the Wangers, the Wangers, Wangers, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, and the Philadelphia Flyers. I'll have Amanda go first. All right. I- oh, my. Just because yeah, yeah. you both wanted to talk, I'm going to have her go first. So I picked the Wings and the Isles for the East. For the, um, I'd love to see a battle of the Ajos um, in the playoffs. I just think that'd be great. The better Ajo on the uh, New York Islanders? No. Right. Okay. Wait, wait. Question. Que- okay. Question, Amanda. What happens to Toronto in this situation? They don't make it at all. Ooh, really? Yeah. That's a bold. I would do I, that. I, no, actually, I want to see. I am going. Toronto. They they miss it completely this year. Right. I'm not against I it. Would love I don't agree with it, but I'm, I'm not against Ethan, it. Ethan, what do you got? Uh, I think it will end up being the Leafs and Red Wings. I, kn- I know that's kind of a cop-out, but uh, you know the Islanders, they're making some progress with a new head coach, uh, but I don't, think, I don't think they can make it all the way. Jesse, um, I'm gonna go with the Wings and the Islanders. I I think Toronto's gonna move up into the uh, third spot in the Atlantic, unfortunately, um, and I think Tampa Bay might miss it completely. And I'm, that's actually a good prediction. Which which would be, uh, I mean, I think that that would that would suck for Tampa. I would like to see them in again, um, but I. I I don't know if they just have. I don't. I don't think they have the steam. And Vasilevsky has not been playing up to the Vasilevsky that we've known over the last couple seasons. So, um, I think Toronto and Tampa are going to switch. I think it's going to be Tampa Bay and Detroit. I don't. They, I mean, as Jesse said, uh, Tampa Bay have played three more games than the Maple Leafs, and they only have one more point. So I could see those flipping pretty easily. And Detroit's just been playing a very good game. I wouldn't be surprised if you see them make a minor move or two for uh, the trade deadline. You know, one thing I will say for the Metropolitan side is the New Jersey Devils, they did get Hughes back. So I don't think that's I don't think that's gonna no, matter. They, lost. they don't have they could make it either. interesting. They lost tonight, so it I don't doesn't think that's matter. matter. And and he's been he's been incredibly fragile. in overtime. I mean who's their goalie? I'm si- I know who it is. I'm just saying they really <laughs> suck. Um, no, yeah, yeah. So, Jesse, I know you have to leave in about three minutes. Do we want to do this worst forward contract, or do you want to hold it off until next next week? Yes, let's okay. do it. No, let's do it. Amanda, go ahead. So I chose Worst Jeff- contract for a forward. I chose Jeff Skinner as the worst contract at $9 million. Um, and granted, part of it is just he plays for Buffalo, and they're just terrible team but for nine million you you should be getting a rock star player for that price like that is a lot of money to have tied up in one player what are his stats his stats are he has played 43 games with 17 goals and 17 assists so 34 points quick math better than my guy who's that so since i'm a huge fan of the new jersey devils 
I chose Timo Meyer as my worst forward contract. My second worst forward contract, because we all know it's Huberto. But my second worst forward contract is Timo Meyer. He is currently uh, in the first year of an eight-year deal at $8.800 million average annual value. He has a full new no movement clause starting next year through 2030-31, and then a modified no trade clause starting in 2028 through 2031. Uh, that's 15 teams that he won't be traded to that he gives their list to. Um, I didn't know that there was a difference between no movement and no trade. I didn't realize that. No trade means that the player cannot be traded without approval. No movement means that the player cannot be waived, assigned to the minors, or traded without approval. So. That's going to be weird for them. Um, he was a first-round draft pick, ninth overall of the San Jose Sharks, and he has not performed up to expectations for the New Jersey Devils. Nine goals, 10 assists, 19 points, minus 25 in 36 games played. Oof. Ethan. All right. So, okay. My player, I, I love him this year because he seems to be rejuvenated, but when looking at the entire contract, Back in 2019, the Dallas Stars signed Tyler Sagan to an extension that would last through the 2026-2027 year. So we're talking one, two, three seasons from now. He's got three more seasons after this season. The AAV is $9.85 million. And when you look at his stats since he signed that deal, first year, it was great. 80 points in 82 games. Next year, he had some injuries. 69 games played, 50 points. The next year, three games played, two points. The next year, this is now 2021-2022, 81 games, 49 points. We have the digression. Uh, last season, 76 games because of injuries and 50 points. And now this season, which again, with being on a line with Matt Duchesne and Mason Marchment, he has found his game a little bit better. 51 games, 40 points. So he's on pace um, to closer to what he was doing when he signed the contract, but 9.8 for for eight years, that's a long time. So, What were they thinking? Um, lock these guys down while they're hot. Say it, it, they did it with Jamie Benn. The reason I wouldn't pick Jamie Benn is, he, one, he's my favorite player, but two, he is captain and he's a great leader. Um, you don't see it, but... From everything I've read and what players say, things like that, behind the scenes, he's a great leader. So, And he'll stick up for sense. anyone. That makes sense. So, yes. so before I go, seeing Brett's... Classity? <laughs> so before I go, and seeing he isn't here, and seeing it's his favorite player, we're going to give Brett the honorary Jonathan Huberto pick. Um, <laughs> it's the most brutal contract in the NHL right now. And there's no trading it. There's no getting out of it. You are screwed, Calgary. Have fun with that for the next seven or eight years. My pick. And you know what? They're not even the ones who signed him, right? It, it was Florida who did. signed him. He got traded with Mackenzie Weger, and they both got signed to longer-term contracts the summer after. Mackenzie Weger got a six-year contract. Huberto got an eight. So, Damn. correct me if I'm wrong, Amanda, but I really want you to say, Cassidy, you're right again. Um, my pick is good old Pierre-Luc Dubois. It seems like we can't go a podcast without talking about yeah. this gentleman. He just signed a whopping eight-year, $8.5 million contract. 
the second, third, fourth, and fifth year have a no move clause. Uh, uh, sixth, seventh, and eighth years have a modified no trade clause. This year, he is on fire. 48 games played, 10 goals, 10 assists for 20 points, <laughs> minus 16. He is amazing. It's and brutal. You know that, that's... It's one of the rare misses, in my opinion, by Rob Blake. And I don't consider firing Todd McClellan a miss. Oh, that's right. L.A. signed him to that extension. They sure did. They sure did. I think we lost Cass. I think we might have lost Cass. We did, and it was before before I got to tell him that he was right. So that, uh, that works sh- out perfectly no, that about, about Huberto. Well, since we've lost Cass, we, we, should, we should sign off. It's been a little... I thought we wouldn't have as much to talk about, but um, we always find a way. <laughs> always find a way. I added like six topics right before we started recording, so... <laughs> You're welcome. (laughs) That does it for us. Thank you so much for watching on YouTube. Uh, Top Shelf Dusters on YouTube. You can find us on Spotify and anywhere else you get podcasts. Check us out on Twitter at Top Shelf Dusters. Facebook.com slash Top Shelf Dusters. And wherever else we are on social media. My name is Jesse. My name's Chaos. Uh, my name's Ethan. That sounds just like him. I'm Amanda. And, and this is Cass. I'm, I'm, I hate the Bruins. The Bruins suck. Have a good day, everybody. Thanks, Thank Cass. you so much for watching. <laughs>